Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good Saturday afternoon and welcome to Faith Marketplace, where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. Again, as I'm the Bob Lambert, the host of the show. I'm the founding partner, also the Samurai Business Group, which gives me a little bit of business cred, I hope. We offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At the Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales. And I have the privilege and honor today. Boy, I tell you guys, you want to fasten your seatbelts because we have a fabulous show today. And I want to give some attribution to one of the guests on the show. Carl Johnson, which is part of C.S. Lewis Institute, is the one that introduced me to our first guest. And I'd like to introduce you to Juliana Slager. She is the artistic director, but she's really more than that. She's the founder, the owner, and everything else of this thing called Ballet Five Point. Uh, well, I guess it's high, uh, uh, quote eight. Okay, so that's obviously we're going to find out what that means and what that where that comes from. And Juliana, it, what, what you're really going to know about this is this is a ballet dance group and prof- at a professional level. She spent over a decade as a professional ballet dancer. Uh, she formed this over 10 years ago. So Juliana, welcome. Thank you so much, Bob. It's such a privilege to be here today. Listen, uh, you wrote a quote in here and a little bit of explanation about that. So why don't you share that with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as an artist, I have kind of this interesting uh, take on what dance should be, just to give you context, um, just because I kind of doubt we have a whole room of ballerinas listening to this. But in ballet, sometimes um, people think of it as just dance for the sake of dance. And so for me, it's always been a lot more than that. Um, I think dance has a bigger scope to it than just being uh, visual music. So my take on dance is kind of um, a little bit different, and I, I emphasize storytelling. So here's this quote, and then we'll unpack this a little bit. Um, It starts off with another quote um, by the wonderful philosopher Aristotle, and he says, the aim of art is to represent not the outward appearance of things, but their inward significance. Mm. Um, And that really sums up my view on dance. Um, You can reduce dance to a mere technical form of beats and steps and pleasing formations. Um, But in contrast, true art must bring out for the audience a significance that would otherwise remain veiled. And it's my goal in each of my works to bring something to the audience that causes them to see a familiar story or um, a thought from a new perspective. This takes many different forms from narrative to abstract work, um, but it's the biggest common thread in my body of work as a choreographer. Oh man, that's fabulous. I, I love the way that you put this stuff together and obviously this interpretation of it, but folks, here's what we're going to give you today. In the short time, we're going to have Juliana, the art and faith that art and faith can be combined in a way that is not proselytizing, 
Excellence is a key ingredient to making art that reflects God's character. And art is not just for educated. Dance is an accessible, fun, and entertaining way to learn about the world around us. Juliana, let's introduce them to what it is that you're cooking up there at uh, Ballet 5.8. Yeah, so Ballet 5.8 is really um, kind of a pioneer in the art world, specifically in the Christian art world. So if you know anything about kind of Christian culture, there's this tendency for Christians to take mainstream culture and then kind of throw this layer of Christianity on it and copy it. And so one of the things with Ballet 5.8 that has always been my goal is to not do that, is to kind of resist the, the desire to kind of take things that we see in culture and just copy them with kind of a Christian um, overview, but to really build something from the ground up that has a faith-based worldview as its underpinning. And so that's what we've done with Ballet 5.8 and kind of what the constant experiment is for me is to find better and better ways to create amazing art um, with artists that are truly talented. There's no second class artists at Ballet 5.8. They're all um, amazing dancers from around the world. Um, but then to also give them a platform to create art that is deeper than, um, like we were saying earlier, than just steps or beats or music. Um, but it really drives to the heart of issues of life and faith. So when you put on one of these performances, uh, where do you start with that? I mean, you're taking a piece of scripture, you're taking something out of the Bible. What is it that you're using there for uh, this expression? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I've used so many different sources over the years. The Bible is certainly a huge one. There's so much inspiration in what the scriptures say. Um, I also try to use things that are outside of scripture, mostly because there's a large contingent of culture that doesn't really see the Bible as being authoritative. And so if you're only speaking from a basis of scripture, sometimes you lose people just because they're not interested in seeing a Bible story. Um, okay. So because of that, I've also used a lot of C.S. Lewis works um, that really beautifully kind of show elements of scriptural truth, but in Lewis's own imaginative uh, storytelling form. So I've used that quite a few times. Um, I've also used just cultural experiences and things that are relevant in today's society. Things like um, one of my pieces called All God's Children is based on a poem by Sojourner Truth, and it talks about racism and it talks about what God thinks about that. So anyway, all kinds of really cool source materials um, that we've used over the years to try to show how God um, interacts with these different issues that we see in culture. Now, you just had one that you were telling me a little bit back before we started the show. Why don't you share that with the audience and maybe some of the reaction you got? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my most recent work um, was called Reckless, and it's a full-length ballet. Um, it's based on the story of Hosea, but it sets that story in modern-day Chicago. So you meet Hosea and you meet his wife, Gomer, um, who is in the sex trafficking industry. Um, and what I did with that story is I took the couple of chapters in the Bible and I researched them in depth. Um, and then I went and kind of built a backstory for Hosea and Gomer um, and kind of asked the question of, OK, how did they get here? Right. This is a super dramatic story. So there's clearly some details here um, that we can imagine. 
And C.S. Lewis calls it using our baptized imagination um, to kind of create these stories and these worlds that will reveal truth um, just like Jesus does in a parable. And so that's really what I tried to do with Reckless. And yeah, it premiered in March to a very limited audience due to COVID, um, but it was really neat. Actually, uh, KJ, who you're going to be talking to later on today, was in the audience for the first show. Um, but anyway, it went it went really well. We got some great reviews um, from people who understood Hosea. But then we also got some pushback from kind of the mainstream art industry um, that sees sex trafficking as kind of sex work, which is um, a valued and understandable profession, which I thought was interesting because that's not the perspective I'm coming from. Um, but I did think it was important that we put it out there and that we're willing to exchange ideas. And I don't know, criticism doesn't bother me too much. I think it's good to have diverse ideas. And I was really pleased that our art was getting out in front of people that were not just thinking like me, that there were people from other ways of thinking in the audience. Um, I think that's key because it's not really ministry if it's just me and all my Christian friends in our Christian clubhouse. Yeah, right. The Christian bubble, right? Hey, well, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the performers, because I know that you enlightened me a bit as to uh, the mix of performers, age range, and, and they're actually all professionals, right? Yeah, they are. So they're, yeah, 18 through 35. Um, they're all professional dancers. So they're all paid for their work, which is really unique. There's not very many um, Christian dance companies that can say that. So they are hard workers. Um, they're an incredible team. Many of them have danced in other mainstream dance companies. And so it's really neat to see that they have decided to use their craftsmanship in a company um, like mine. Yeah, that's, that is fabulous. Uh, so interfacing with the public now, how do you get out to, and get your story out to folks that you know, would uh, be interested in coming to one of these performances now that you're opening back up? Yeah, so we have a lot of different social media channels. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. As of last week, one of our very cool Gen Zers started a TikTok account for us. And then, um, of course, we've got our website. And um, I like to do things like this where I get to be on podcasts and radio shows with fabulous people such as yourself, Bob. And we just try to get out in the community as much as we can to share about um, what we're doing and how people can see a show and start to interact with the art that we're creating. Yeah, that I just love that. Now, there's another element to what you do, and that is you have dance uh, classes or schools. So why don't we share that in the last couple of minutes, a couple of seconds there? Yeah, so we have a school that serves um, the South Chicago area and the South suburbs, as well as a satellite campus in Valparaiso. We've got about 400 students and um, we've got classes for everybody, really ages two years old through adult. Um, we've got ballet, as you would expect, but we also do hip hop, jazz, tap, lots of other kinds of art forms and dance forms um, that are just engaging and fun for the community. So it's definitely um, an amazing part of the ministry that we do to, to share dance and accessible dance with so many ages and backgrounds. So if, if the uh, any folks that are their listeners out there to have uh, children or grandchildren that they'd like to get, uh, you know, to know more about this, how would they get a hold or know about this? Yeah, they should go to our website. Um, the website is ballet number five, number eight dot O-R-G. And then you can get access to all of our classes and performances there. Oh, man, I can't wait. <laughs> this is going to be great. I want to get out to one of these live performances because what I saw in the video was just fabulous. I can't imagine when you get into full theater setting and everything like that, how fabulous that's really got to be to experience that live. So we'll, we'll have our next guest. He'll tell us about that. But we're going to be right back with Juliana 
Slager. Uh, she is the artistic director, as she claimed, of Ballet 58. Uh, and uh, listen, you guys want to stay tuned. Get out there to faithmarketplace.com. We've got lots of resources. I got a big goodie bag here just waiting to give away goodies. So what I want you to do is keyword goodies, G-O-D-I-E-S, and I'll get something sent out to you, okay? So you got you to gotta text me here again at 312-210-0603. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with my special guest, Juliana Slager. She's the artistic director for Ballet 58. And, uh, you know, I was intrigued by that, Juliana. What does that stand? What's the five colon eight stand for? Yeah, Ballet 58 comes from Romans 58, um, which says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we actually picked that name um, because of the fact that uh, our art form that we're using for ballet is reaching out to people. We don't expect people to necessarily come in the doors of a church, but we're expecting to go out into a theater or into an outdoor space um, and share with them in that way. And so in that sense, I feel like we're really embodying that passage in Romans where God reached out to us first, and we hope to show that to other people. I love it that you're taking it out to where the people are, you know, and being able, as, as we're all commissioned to do, right? And <laughs> be disciples, exactly. take it out around yeah. the world. Uh, yeah. Why don't we dive a little bit, give the context of, to our audience of basically, did you come out a bouncing Christian baby girl or how did that all work out for you? <laughs> yeah, you good question. So, yeah, my parents were Christians, um, but I would say that kind of growing up in a Christian household is a double-edged sword. There's so much that's good about it. And I think my parents did a great job trying to show me who Jesus was at a young age. But as you know, it's still a choice. Um, There are no grandchildren of God. There's only children. And so you have to know your faith and own it for yourself. And I think for me, um, as a young person, that was something that I kind of wrestled with because when you have Christianity in your household, sometimes you have just enough to inoculate you from wanting to know more. And so that is, I think, a little bit of my situation as a youngster is that I knew about Jesus. Um, I even appreciated what he did on the cross, but sometimes you don't see yourself as the sinner that needs to be saved. And so there's a little bit of pride wrapped up there because you've kind of just been isolated from a lot of the big and bad things of the world. And so it's harder to see why you might need a savior. Um, So I think for me, there was a big turning point when I was in high school. Um, I was a serious ballet dancer, fell in love with ballet at a young age. Um, My parents knew nothing about it. My dad is a nuclear engineer and my mom uh, is a nurse. So they are (laughs) science people all the way. And they were like, ballet, what? Okay, sounds good. So anyway, so they kind of just let me run with it. Um, They would drop me off at lessons and come to shows and kind of let me do my thing. Um, But as I grew older and and more and more kind of embedded in ballet culture, there are there are some like more dark sides to dance. Um, Not nearly what you see in Hollywood, things like Black Swan are a little over the top. But the body image part of it is very true when you're standing, staring in a mirror for hours a day and kind of the pressure to be extremely thin and gorgeous. And all of those things, I think, that young women face are even amplified one step further for a ballet dancer. And okay. so, yeah, no, go ahead, Bob. So your faith played in, played in giving you some courage and some grit. And as you went through those challenges, I'm assuming then, right? 
Yeah, it did. And I think because my faith was more shallow um, in my earlier childhood and earlier teenage years, I didn't really understand how God could help me with some of those things. Um, And so I ended up falling into a pretty serious um, eating disorder. And so I was anorexic and bulimic for about five years um, and eventually had to seek uh, treatment for that. And it's interesting how God works. But in that moment of kind of rock bottom is when I think I felt his love the most. um, And I recognize the most strongly that, hey, I can't do this on my own. I'm not perfect. I actually do need a savior. Maybe I did grow up in a Christian home, but it's not all roses and I'm not perfect. And I think that really hit me during that time. Um, And so I kind of rededicated my life to the Lord at that point and realized that if I was going to do ballet, it had to be about more than just being a swan. I had to, I had to have more to it than that. That was not going to be enough for me to spend that kind of time and dedication to, um, to a form of art. So anyway, it's pretty cool. And God turned that, that around in my head because I thought it was headed to, you know, New York to be some prima ballerina and God really changed my mind and my heart um, and put me on a totally different track that has led me to where I am today. Yeah. And I just love that story. That's great. Because a lot of people don't realize what you guys go through. That whole image thing for women is especially, uh, you know, tapping into something that societally is really an issue, you know, for a lot of these young women. Um, You know, since this is a faith and work uh, show, I'd like to know you've got over what, uh, 50 employees now? You said? Yeah, 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 we have, I think, 52 <clears throat> or 53. Yeah. So how do you integrate that and how do you interface with your point? Because are, are they all Christians or do you take anybody in to help work with you? Yeah, so there's kind of varying um, levels of where we need to have people that are strong in their faith. <laughs> In Mm -hmm. terms of the performers, all of the dancers actually are Christians because the art is so based on having people who understand on a deep level um, what we're trying to portray. I found that it's just not really possible to have people in those positions unless they are Christians. Um, But on the other hand, we have other positions, some of our um, administrative positions and, you know, social media and different things where we have all backgrounds. So I'd say the majority of the employees are Christians, but there's certainly some who just appreciate the art side of what we do. Um, And I think they're they're soft towards Christianity, but they're not necessarily believers. Okay, that's great. Um, You know, because obviously it's how we treat people, right? Not only the audiences that you come to the employees, but also the customers, you know, and, and people that support you from a vendor standpoint too, which I'm sure you have some of that. So we always like to, to, you know, from a standpoint of you, iron sharpening iron, what is it that you do to, you know, within the, the business itself? Uh, some people have, uh, you know, prayer meetings, some people have, you know, scripture, uh, you know, uh, uh, classes, those kind of things. Do you have anything like that for, for yourself or for your employees? Yeah, we have a variety of different things. The dancers do a Bible study um, together every day during their lunch break. Um, And then our administrative staff, when we have our meetings um, every week or biweekly, we do always have a time of prayer. Um, We usually have different like special times of prayer as well. Um, One fun one is 9.30 p.m. every night. Um, We're all at our own homes by then, but we all pray for five minutes for our students in the School of the Arts. So there's just some neat stuff that we try to incorporate um, to where we're, we're incorporating prayer and scripture into our daily lives. And I do think that that helps us to remain uh, kinder to each other. And when bumps do arise, you have that, that camaraderie and that kinship that is based on um, that community in Christ. Yeah. Now, just for in, in general terms uh, with, uh, you know, um, Ballet 5A, uh, what kind of problems do you help solve with that? 
Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Like so many, I think my unofficial title is chief problem solver. So (laughs) that is a lot of my job. Um, I'd say on the artistic side of things, we're a touring company. So we're never really in the same place twice. Um, We're going all over the U S and so we're in different theaters constantly that have different lighting instruments and different stage layouts. So just on a practical level, there's a lot of things that we have to make sure we can make each of the ballets fit into the different spaces that we're in and make sure that the lighting still looks amazing, even if it's a little bit different from place to place. Um, And then on the administrative side of things, we're undergoing right now a big uh, changeover. Our executive director, Amy, my co-founder, just retired. And so we have our first successor to the founder, which I'm sure you know this from business, Bob. That is a difficult transition. Yes, Um, it is. exciting because our new executive director, Lauren, is phenomenal. But yeah, just right now, I think a big part of my job is making sure that she's got what she needs. And we're working in kind of that phase of business where we're setting up a lot of good structures and processes. Um, We've grown very, very quickly. Um, Yeah, this year, I think we're a nonprofit, but our budget just went over a million dollars with this next budget. Wow. Congratulations. That's fabulous. It's a huge milestone. Now, I know that you have lots of words of wisdom with all the experience, the vast experience you have, but what would the words of wisdom you give to your younger self? Yeah, I think to my younger self, I would say just be patient, um, be more patient with yourself, be more patient with other people, know that that you're not going to miss out on what God has for you, that it's 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 written, it has been written, he's got it, so you can take a, a few deep breaths Um I think especially when I was a young mom, I wish I would have taken a few more days off. So to young parents who are also managing business, don't be afraid to take those weekends as a family and take time off. The work will still be there. Um, And then I think the last one would just be don't be judgmental and don't um, despise small beginnings because small beginnings are are the basis of greatness. So be okay with that and, and don't be ashamed of it. Speaking of children, you've got three of them and, uh, now, are they all going to become prima ballerinas? You got two boys and a girl. so. <laughs> I know. You know, that's such a good question. Um, I love having them all in ballet because of what it gives them in terms of discipline and, of course, exercise. Um, it's just a great thing for them as a hobby. Who knows where it will lead, but so far, nobody's quit. So I take that as a good sign. <laughs> that is a good thing. <laughs> and well said. Uh you know, I always love this question I ask of uh, of some of our guests because it, it it reveals something, you know, in one way or another. But we ask you, you know, name uh, what most people think was pretty amazing about you, interesting, funny, or cool. So, what would you share with us that uh, that would fit that? Yeah. So, something that I just have started in the past year is actually making pottery. Um, just as a way to de-stress, which is kind of random, but my husband was literally like, Juliana, you need a hobby that's not dance. He was like, because (laughs) since dance was your hobby, but then became your career, you're kind of out of hobbies. And so I kind of laughed a little bit, but I'm like, you know what? I really do. I need something just to do when I'm, I'm stressed that is just not even productive or my pots are terrible. They're the worst pots you've ever seen, (laughs) but it's very relaxing. All right. Hey, folks, I told you we're going to give away something. Julianne has been very generous here. So a freebie for everybody. You got to text me here at 312-210-0603. And she is going to make available behind the curtain, the making of Reckless, the docu-series. So that's fabulous. You got to get and Boy, I tell you, I can't wait to see it myself. But 
So text us here at 312-210-0603, and you will get a copy sent to you of Behind the Curtain, The Making of Reckless, a docu-series. Well, Julianne, this has been fabulous. We're going to bring Julianne back into our last round. We're going to have a mystery subject that uh, my next guest and I and Juliana will be talking about. So you got to stay tuned because I'm not going to tell you what that mystery subject is until the last last segment here. Okay, again, get out there to our our site, faithmarketplace.com. Lots of goodies out there. We're going to be right back with my next guest. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here, and I'm just thrilled. A reoccurring guest on the show over many years is Carl Johnson, a.k.a. KJ. So, Mom, if you're listening, I did use his proper name out there. Uh, He is the director of C.S. Lewis Institute here in Chicago. He is also, I want to give him a shout out. He is a veteran, uh, a Marine veteran, and thank you for your service, uh, Carl. And also uh, is a gentleman that introduced me to Juliana. Okay. So he would like to say a little bit more about that. So let's, KJ, welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, the word is I'm a repeat offender, Bob. Yeah, Um, repeat offender. (laughs) I love it. I'm so excited to be back. I mean, who knew uh, over the years the connections that we would have shared? And, um, and, and some of them turning into great guests for the show. So I'm always, I always have an eye out for someone I can recommend to Bob. And, Absolutely. And, so you know, why did you recommend? Well, t- tell me about your background with Juliana. Yeah, well, um, she reached out to me several years ago. They were putting together a performance based on C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce. And, uh, you know, it was a cold call. You know, maybe, maybe <laughs> she needs your sales class. I don't know, but she did a pretty good job. Um, and called me and said, this is what we're doing. And we'd love to have some sort of talk back, which is a post-show discussion with, uh, with her and uh, several of the performers. And we just talked about C.S. Lewis, what the play meant or what the ballet meant and all of that. And it was exciting for me because it's the first time, I mean, I'd been to a ballet before, but it'd been ages and it was probably the nutcracker like most people. Um, but uh, it's the first time I'd been to, to a ballet and I, I could follow it. I'm like, this makes sense. And so I was actually intrigued because I think I went in there expecting to half be bored. Like I can't understand any of this. <laughs> and, and it was so accessible. So if a, you know, if a Neanderthal like me can understand it. Uh, and so I was intrigued because I, I came back the next night just because we did two in a row, two nights in a row. And I thought, oh, I got to watch it again because I don't like watching things over and over. But I was, I was excited to go back and I watched it again. Everything from the music selection to the way they choreographed everything. I was excited to do it. So uh, it just started a friendship. Uh, you know, I've been out there, taught some discipleship to, to the dancers there. And as of a few days ago, um, they generously invited me to be on their advisory council. So now I've got a toe in that water, um, you know, to speak the ballet term. Um, we're we're so, going to expect to see you doing a few pirouettes, okay? Working on it. Don't okay. hold your breath. Hey, well, listen, you got a great quote here, obviously from a great, uh, you know, to look at perspective of CS. So why don't you share with the audience what that quote was that you, uh, you shared with us? Yeah, well, it's really gets at the core of who we are and what we do um, at the Institute. We were founded by a gentleman, uh, by Dr. James Houston. He actually knew CS Lewis and he mm. started the Institute in the 1970s. He, and he said that the goal of the CS Lewis Institute 
is not to make more fans of Lewis, but to make more people like him. And so that drives our motto of discipleship at heart and mind, which is why I loved everything Juliana was doing, because it wasn't just a cerebral exercise, but it does also engage the mind. You know, so C.S. Lewis is that guy that can can talk to you and make perfect sense and exercise excellent logic, but at the same time, hit you square in the heart in a way that, uh, you know, he's got that line, men without chests. We don't want to become men without chests, men without hearts, without that feeling, without that that, that emotive seat of ours. So that's what, that's our goal. And that's what I think, why I like that quote by, by Dr. Houston. He's great. So Yeah. And, and I love what you, what, you know, what you want the listeners to take away today was, as Americans, we love and pursue excellence, whether it's professional, academic, or even athletic. We seek to be excellent in all that we do, but when it comes to our spiritual lives, we tend to settle for Sunday school level education. The C.S. Lewis Institute seeks to be the center of excellence for discipleship of the heart. Why don't you share a couple of stories, KJ, of people that have come into the Institute and then what happened when they graduated? Yeah, well, um, we talked about this a little bit off air. One of the things I'm always driving for, and this is why I'm drawn to uh, Juliana and Ballet 5.8, is I want to see diversity in the people to whom we minister. We're actually trying to build people up in their discipleship, help them to cultivate the mind of Christ and grow. And so I want to see diversity in that. I don't want to have a bunch of cookie cutter types of people. Um, but of course, Folks, all diversity means different things to different people. And of course, I want racial and ethnic diversity. That to me is like the, the low bar to, to, even though it's a high, hard to do in this, in, in this current environment, it should be the low bar. That should be natural. But I want to mm -hmm. see people from, from all ages. I don't think, uh, mm -hmm. I think here in America, we've done a huge disservice to our seniors, uh, kind of trying to push them out as, as irrelevant when they're, the, when they're the keepers of wisdom. But I want to see vocational um, diversity too. I want to see more blue collar folks and more artists. So um, I remember a few years ago, we had a young kid who came into our program. He only had had a GED. And I thought, oh, is he going to be able to keep up? But as I got to know him, I found out that he was reading Spurgeon on his own, that he was trying wow. to teach himself basic Greek. And he worked in a rim shop for crying out loud. I thought, you're going to do fine if you're doing those things. And I, so here's this young Hispanic kid who's working in a rim shop who only had a GED. And he is probably one of my top performers in the program that I was excited to see him get supercharged in his discipleship and then, then go back into his church and his family to represent Christ in that way. Um, Let's think about somebody that's a little bit more mature in their faith, KJ, and what was the enlightenment from them after going through the fellowship program? You know, you're reading my mind, actually, because that was my, the second one is here we have a guy that's uh, mid to late 50s. He's uh, in finance. He's got a couple of teenage kids and actually they were going through some rebellious times. And towards the end of the program, he came to me. This guy is smart. I mean, he's taught at Ivy League level schools and um, he was baffled. He goes, KJ, I'm baffled. I was like, why? He's like, I'm a, I'm a better parent. And I, yeah, and, and nothing, his kids, kids didn't change. His kids were still giving him <laughs> challenges. And I said, okay, so what are you baffled about? He's like, there's nothing about parenting and what we do here. And I go, yeah, but you just spent a year carving out time, pursuing your growth and becoming more like Jesus. And the more you become like Jesus, the better, of course, you're going to be a better parent and you're going to be a better husband and you're going to be a better finance guy. And you're going to be better at all these other things. So um, I think that's one of those. That's a real practical, you know, um, example of how it can bear fruit in our lives. And then, of course, there's more, you know, exotic examples. But yeah. 
Hey, before I got the time to get away from us, I want to let everybody know that KJ's also got a a gift for everybody today that Texas at 312-210-0603. Use a keyword, uh, C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, and he's going to give away um, a PDF of the Prayer Life of C.S. Lewis by Dr. James Houston. So get out there in Texas, 312-210-0603 to get the PDF download of pr- the Prayer Life of C.S. Lewis. That's got to be a fabulous read. You oh, know, yeah. It's, it's our founder. It's a great article. Yeah. Everything that he's done. Uh, you know, I've known you for quite a long time, KJ, but I think there was something that I didn't know about you that I think that we're going to have to put out there. But before I do that, with the many travels you had, your military background, uh, you know, in serving our country and then now becoming a fellow and running and directing C.S. Lewis. And also uh, you were with Ravi Zacharias for a few years, too, that you got an opportunity to work with Ravi, the great one of the great discipleships and and, uh, obviously apologetics, uh, you know, uh, people out there in our current time and our day. What that feel like working with him? Well, it's uh, it's been a strange year. I can say that in the last year, but um, I learned a lot of that ministry. That was a global sort of I call it varsity level ministry. So I learned a lot. There's some great people that that quote you talked about a minute ago about, you know, a Sunday school level of education comes from my good friend Stuart McAllister there. So mm-hmm. a lot of really godly people in that ministry that I'm, I'm praying for every day that I uh, I miss a lot because there's just there's, there's, can't be everywhere at once. So. Right. Exactly. So. Um... With your vast knowledge and all this experience, <laughs> what words of wisdom would you have given to your younger self? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought about that when you asked Juliana. I think it would get more sleep and eat better and take care <laughs> of your body. Be gentle on your knees. I'm feeling it uh, these days. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, I think it would have been spend more time in the Word and in prayer, and uh, don't try to get too fancy. Uh, we had a saying in the Marine Corps that I learned from uh, one of our generals that brilliance in the basics. We try to get too fancy. What we need is brilliance in the basics. If you get the fundamentals down, prayer and Bible reading, everything else will sort of, I want to say come together as in a rosy way, but in your own personal life, you will have um, a, a better handle on things. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, again, that military training gives you a lot around discipline too, doesn't it? You know, it sure to does. be able to tackle some of these things, to achieve goals, uh, to stick, you know, stick it out, perseverance, and because you have to. You know, you uh, particularly in the military role, you got life and death going there, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm looking at those ballet dancers, and I'm uh, I'm in awe of myself. I can't keep myself in that in that great of shape. So uh, yeah, you will. You, now that you're on the board, buddy, that's one of the requirements, right, Julia? <laughs> that's one of the requirements. I'm getting fit. I'm getting fitted for a leotard next week. Okay, there you go. I gotta see that. I get that. We gotta get a picture posted on that one. So listen, this is one thing. I'm going to end it up with this because I did not know this, but what is amazing, cool, funny, or inspiring that you shared with us? <laughs> um, well, I had to reach, and I don't remember what I told you in the past, but this is one that you may not know. Um, I went to the only high school in the city of Chicago that had a fencing team, and I fenced Sabre for four years. I was the, uh, actually, I was the 1988 Midwest High School Sabre champion, and I parlayed that into a scholarship, and I went to the University of Illinois down in Champaign-Urbana. And that helped to get me get through college. Like I fenced at the NCAA level for four years. And um, my sophomore year was my best year. I was seated number one uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, I choked at the Big Ten ch- championship. Long, long story <laughs> on that one. 
I should have won, but I blew it. Um, That's my secret. I I used to fence, so I I actually know how to handle a sword. Like I love that. And saber is different than a regular fencing foil, right? Yes, you can slash with it. It's much more swashbuckler, arrow flynn, uh, (laughs) fire to the Caribbean. Okay. Well, folks, you want to stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Juliana and KJ. We're going to roundtable a mystery subject. So you got to come back. I can't tell you. But you're going to find out when you come back here. So get out there and, and uh, text us again for Juliana's uh, gift, two, uh, 312-210-0603. And also use the word uh, C.S. Lewis for um, KJ's gift of the uh, per, uh, f- uh, document from C.S. Lewis. We're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with my special guests today, Juliana Schlager and Carl Johnson, better known as KJ. Mom, okay, I slipped it in again. So, uh, KJ, why don't you start us off? What's our mystery subject today? I thought it'd be fun if we explored a little bit of what we talked about last segment. It's like, let's talk about how we live out our discipleship, because I think in in the church, we got very rigid, one-dimensional ideas of what discipleship is. And mm-hmm. let me use a Lewisian uh, image here. Um, the things that we do, you, you're, you've been in business for a long time. You've been teaching people how to do sales. Juliana is doing what she does with ballet. She was a uh, an individual performer. Now she runs this company and teaches others and, and runs an academy. And uh, oftentimes these things that we do, they become coals de sac. You know, there's no outlet to these things. And we should realize instead that they should be roundabouts. Those should be throughputs for the way we're living out our discipleship, and the way God has built us and equipped us and purposed us to live, act, and breathe in this world and to help people help others become more like Christ, right? We're supposed to point people to the work and person of Jesus Christ, help them become more like him and help facilitate their enjoyment of the union we have with Christ, the Holy Spirit. And we do that in a number of basic ways. We talk about brilliance and the basics, but we also do it through, you can do it through your business. Juliana can do it through uh, what she's doing with, with the arts and drawing people in. And I think that's a wonderful thing to explore because I think we need to get more creative, especially in today's polarized times, but Hey, how do we get this message out there and how do we personally live this out? Yeah. So I would, I'd be curious to hear uh, how that informs what Juliana has been yep. doing and thinking as she moved in her life of faith, but also was developing in the arts because the arts can be a tough place for a Christian. Right. Juliana, what's your thoughts? Yeah, that's such a, a great question. So, and you're right about that, KJ. It is a tougher place to be a Christian. Um, I remember growing up feeling like, okay, I maybe have to hide a little bit of my faith from the people around me because the arts, um, I think kind of by their very nature, they try to be all inclusive, which is not a bad thing, but then sometimes they end up including um, just a lot of things that are at odds with a Christian worldview. And so I think there's a lot of inclusivity in certain ways, but then Christianity, because of its stance on truth, sometimes is a little bit of like a sore subject for people. So I think what's been neat about what I do in the arts is that I've been able to create this company that is bringing messages that are full of beauty, full of goodness, full of truth, um, but they're not full of words. And so I think that's something that's actually been very helpful is that we're not preaching. We're not saying something out loud. We're demonstrating and showing God's love and his eternal attributes through an art form that kind of allows people to take it in without maybe immediately getting defensive. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I've heard a number of people's uh, attribution for this, but it's go out and spread the gospel, use words if necessary. Uh, and uh, certainly, Juliana, your expression, you know, of Christianity and how you're doing that is wonderful, beautiful. But, you know, the guys, I want to enter dimension this because I think, you know, this has been a theme and the why God laid this on my heart is oftentimes people don't see work and what we do every day and what we're about as ministry. It's not talked about from the pulpit, generally speaking, that we are to be salt and light, that we are to do that, to work with excellence. And the thing that I, I think that is is happening is that we leave, they, they show up at work on Monday, they go to church on Sunday and show up at work on Monday and leave Christ in the car. And there's not enough education around that. Now, KJ, you know, uh, you ran a um, conversational apologetics uh, series for us, you know, back uh, several years ago. And I think that was enlightening. I think that helped people that you can have these conversations. You don't have to be a theological scholar. You don't have to be a biblical scholar to be engaged people in a conversation with that. And that to me is discipleship is to be able to share that truth. And when I went through the whole program, life builders with uh, Bill Bright's program out of uh, um, campus crusade for Christ, it really helped me to codify what was my story? What was my testimony? And that made me very comfortable then to talk about my faith because I just shared a testimony and basically what God did for me and how, you know, if he could take a poor wretch like me and turn me around, just imagine what he could do for somebody that, you know, hasn't gone through some of that life drama. But uh, to your point, uh, KJ also is, you know, this whole discipleship thing, uh, you know, when you look at that and with the fellows program, what, what's the essence of what you're really helping people, what you're equipping them with? Well, what we're doing in a more concentrated form, I call it, uh, you know, spiritual CrossFit is what we're doing, or, mm -hmm. or high altitude training in discipleship. Um, and it's not, you know, it, it, it's a great program to get people immersed in it. But in day-to-day -day life, um, I think what we need to do is rethink our categories in understanding discipleship, because um, what you're doing, what you just said is right on about the workplace. It's where you're spending the predominant amount of time of your, of your waking life, right? Um, and we need to see that discipleship comes in in informal forms. You know, the interaction you have with folks at the coffee station as you're chatting and catching up about the Bears game, and then, hey, how'd your weekend go? Oh, my mom's sick, and on and on and on. Is The thing is, even though there's informal and formal forms of discipleship, I mean, what Juliana, you know, what we're, I think we overlooked in what she's doing is what she's doing internally, the lunchtime studies that they have. That's yes. a formal form, and that's good honor that she's not just outward facing, but we also have all these informal opportunities, but what we need to be is deliberate. We need to be intentional and mm -hmm. we don't have to um, push them across the finish line right off the bat. I think we, we kind of have done ourselves a disservice of trying to push and close the deal right then and there. Cause it is, it's the Holy spirit that does it right. Yeah. We're just there to assist and be faithful presence, uh, faithful presence and obedience. So if we can see that in our workplace, and, and, you know, one, one, one guy I really respect that said, hey, if you want to be taken serious about your faith, be good at what you do. Yep. If you're not competent, you know, you don't have to be, some people aren't going to be the best, you know, but be competent in what you do. Because if they can't respect you in the workplace, they're not going to respect you anywhere else. So, and, but, so we see that as our, a form of discipleship, too. Yep. We need to yeah, see well all that, you know, it's enabling my ability to live out my discipleship is maybe a better way of saying that. Yeah, I know Ju Julianne's just itching to give her two cents here. <laughs> Juliana. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I love all of that. And I think it's so key and crucial. Um, my husband actually used to be a youth pastor. And so he would see his kids, you know, a couple times a week, maybe an hour chunk. 
I am with my advanced ballet students at the school 30 hours a week. And so I know we've had these conversations before about discipleship. And he's like, man, you have this platform that every youth pastor in the world wishes that they had. You have 30 hours a week with these dancers. And he's like, and they adore you. You're their role model. And it's just this life on life ministry. And it's one of my favorite parts of my job, honestly, is going into the studio and in my ballet class, it's so much more than about pointing your toes. And if there's a moment where there's discouragement or where there's body image issues or any of these things, it's like, we stop, we talk about it. We're like, what does God say about this? What does the word say about this? How should we be dealing with these mental, uh, you know, whatever it is, anxiety issues or depression issues or comparison issues, all of these mental struggles. And so, yeah, I think it's such an overlooked part of what we do that church um, should not be inside of just the walls of the building. That part is good and important, but it extends so much further outside of that. And we're still the body of Christ Monday through Friday when we're at work um, and we're still the body of Christ when we're teaching ballet lessons and when we're teaching business just as much as we are when we're at a, a life group or whatever small group Bible study. Yeah, I would just I like her, Bob. Yeah, I, I was listening to a recent uh, podcast where we were talking about more people that have never been associated with uh, religion or anything have now coming to Christ. It is amazing. And I, I saw really the pandemic. Maybe I'm just a cockeyed osmos as a greenfield a great opportunity for Christians really to step forward and show the hands and be the hands and feet of Christ, you know, and be those disciples out there to your, to your sense too, Kate, not just formal, but informal, just in day-to-day conversation, especially through stuff that was life-threatening and people going through some real traumatic times was being able to do that. I can't believe we're out of time. Honestly, goodness. I could, we could have this conversation for another hour, folks. Well, anyway, this is Bob Lambert, Faith Marketplace Radio here on AM 1160. Hope for your life every Saturday, noon to one o'clock. We hope you come back and go out and check us out at faithmarketplace.com. Lots of goodies. And we're going to have some special announcements coming up here in the months to come. Some new, exciting stuff that we're doing. So please stay tuned. Spread the word out there. You're all disciples for me. Get out there and spread the word, you know, about Faith Marketplace and all these fabulous guests that we have. We'll see you the next Saturday. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.